When you're running a software company, one of the craziest things that can happen is that your CRM just becomes so overwhelming and you start wondering, okay, what do I do with this? I've got all these data, all these reports, what happens? Well, fortunately, I spoke with Scott Stauffer. He's from Scale Matters and he helps people understand. He helps them break it down. They even have a product that makes it super easy to digest so you can create efficient growth and you can make your go-to-market process iterative so it continually gets better and better using this data. If this is a problem for you, you're definitely going to want to check this out because Scott knows exactly how to help you grow and scale in the most efficient way. Enjoy. Welcome to Sastery in the Making, the podcast that features the people who made the software world what it is today and the leaders who are shaping the future of technology. Here's your host, Matt Wallach. Hello, welcome to Sastry in the Making. So glad to have you here. Thank you for coming. Thank you for watching if you're on YouTube. Thanks for listening if you're on your podcast. I am really, really looking forward to today's episode. And by the way, Sastry in the Making, if you're new to the show, this is where we help you grow your software company. Maybe you need more leads. Maybe you need to close more deals. Maybe you need to scale your team. Whatever it is, we're giving you the best innovators and leaders from around the industry so they can help you grow your company. Make sure you're subscribed to the show. If you haven't done that yet, hit that subscribe button so that you'll be notified anytime we have new people here to share with you all their best tips. And I'm excited for today because one of my clients is with us, Scott Stauffer. Scott, welcome to the show. Hey, Matt. Thanks a lot. Excited to be here with you. Oh, man, I'm so excited to have you here. And let me tell everybody about you, Scott. So Scott is the CEO of Scale Matters. And Scale Matters offers comprehensive revenue, revenue operation services and revenue intelligence software for B2B companies. It's the fastest, cheapest way to get great data and insights so you can build an effective go-to-market engine far earlier in the life of your company. It's really slick stuff, let me tell you. Scott is a five-time CEO and three-time founder. Also, he's a podcast host himself. He hosts The Data Room. Definitely check it out if you haven't done that yet. Scott, super excited to have you on the show. Thanks for coming in. My pleasure, Matt. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Let's kick it off. So tell me a little bit about what you've been up to lately and what's coming up in the future for you. Um, I'll, I'll answer that in terms of our company rather than me personally, because it's hard <laughs> to uh, disassociate those things. Um, yeah, so I'll tell you a little bit about Scale Matters. So we're, we're really um, focused on uh, trying to help early and growth stage uh, B2B companies, predominantly tech and SaaS, but get much more efficient at customer new logo acquisition. And the angle that we come from on that is leveraging data to help them get more efficient. And I guess one way you can think about it is if, if you listen to investor anecdotes and look at some uh, studies that are out there, it would suggest that a fairly significant portion of the sales and marketing spend of these companies. And when I say early in growth stage, um, I'm talking maybe a few million in ARR at the low end, a couple hundred million at the high end. In, in any case, these companies spend a big portion of their revenue on sales and marketing investments. Um, a fairly sizable portion of that spend tends to be very non-productive, uh, mm -hmm. which is why we say it's inefficient, right? And so we're using data and technology to basically identify where all this non-productivity is 
in the sales and marketing motion and then help our customers figure out how to eliminate that. So um, that's a high level thumbnail of what the company does. Um, we're about three and a half years old. Uh, we started the company um, basically to productize an approach that we put in place at our last company. Um, in the last company, we were a provider of um, CRM and marketing automation software that was purpose-built for nonprofit organizations, uh, particularly smaller nonprofits. And um, one of the things we recognize is while there's a tremendous uh, feel-good aspect of serving nonprofits, the smaller ones can be a tough organization to build a good business model around. It's, it's economically sure. challenging because they're not generally in a position to pay a lot of money. Um, they often don't have highly sophisticated tech skills. So they're sort of high touch customers, low paid customers. Mm -hmm. And uh, it forced our company to get very aggressive at figuring out how can we be you know, as efficient as possible at acquiring these companies, these, these customers, um, because we knew that they'd be high touch, uh, kind of low pay as they went on. And um, so what we did is we effectively kind of put our engineering hats on, tore down our entire process, our entire go-to-market process, you know, from acquiring leads through first meetings, through opportunities, through deals, built very uh, detailed models of those processes, um, then reconstructed our whole tech stack so that we could measure it at a uh, sufficiently granular level of detail to, to really test against our model assumptions. And it started producing some very valuable data for us. And as a leadership team, we were able to exploit that data. And effectively, the outcome was we reduced our cost of acquisition by a little over 70% in a year's wow. time and shrunk the sales cycle by like 45%. And so, so wow. the genesis of Scale Matters is basically a few of us from that company said, look, we can productize this approach and make it available to other companies. So that's really what we've been up to. Uh, spent probably the first couple of years largely on product development. Um, it, 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 our offering is a hybrid of software and services, but the software had to be developed from scratch and uh, spent the first couple of years on that. We've been in market maybe about a year and a half uh, mm -hmm. and making good progress. Never fast enough, but making good progress. Never fast enough always. And one of the things I love that you talk about is an iterative approach to optimizing your go-to-market engine. Can you talk a little bit about how SaaS companies can adopt that iterative approach thinking? Yeah, well, I, I mean, they already do. The The difference is whether they're conscious of it or not. True. Um, right? I mean, none of us come out of the gate and have this perfectly honed go-to-market engine. It, it's just a series of twists and turns and experiments that we go through till we try to find things that work. Um, what we've been proponents of, we, we actually call it conscious or inten intentional iteration, right? Which is raising everyone's awareness to the fact that that's actually what they're going through is a series of iterations. And if they want to be very good at that, basically efficient at the process of iterating, then we say there's a few steps. Number one, model the motion, right? So, so which is basically the same as saying, capture your assumption. You, you have some thoughts in terms of how much you can grow, 
capture those assumptions, both qualitatively and quantitatively, right? If, if you think, um, you know, if you think you're going to uh, generate 20 deals from SDR prospecting, somewhere in your head, you have some math that says uh, a given fully ramped SDR should be able to generate 10 first meetings a month, right? Whatever it is, uh, 10 first meetings set a month. Uh, we'll have an 80% show rate. So eight meetings held per month. Uh, we'll get, uh, you know, two out of, uh, I, I know you believe anything less than 25% is inappropriate. So we'll say we'll win two out of those eight uh, meeting, those demo meetings into uh, customers. Anyway, capture, that's the model, right? You have a model in your head, write it down. Uh, do the same thing for um, paid search. We're going to spend X amount of money. We think our cost per click is going to be this, which will bring this many website visitors. Our conversion rate from website visitor to demo request will be this. Model the motion. Because then you can look at it and say, all right, now that we actually have put this on paper, are those assumptions even legit? But then what you can do is you can set up your environment so you can measure against it. Love and that. this is where we do a lot of work with customers is, is basically fixing their tech stacks, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so many of these early and growth stage companies have, have struggled to uh, properly configure their CRM and their marketing automation and their cadence tool and all the integrations between those things. And so the data the data is just garbage and uh, you know so it's it's not very helpful to make management decisions off of so right what we really help them do is basically measure the motion by setting up their technology with the right measurements with the right data hygiene protocols and that sort of thing so step one model the motion right get your plan down on paper usually mm -hmm. a spreadsheet with some lines of assumptions in there uh, two, measure the motion, and three, analyze it. And um, this is where it's a challenge because if you're doing this properly, there's a lot of data. Mm -hmm. And, you know, earlier stage companies, you know, they don't necessarily have anyone with the time or wherewithal to stare at all of this data and say, what, right. what does this mean and what should I do about it? Um, and that's, that's yeah. actually where, why we developed our software platform is to effectively automate the analysis of this data, um, right, right? Again, trying to help early and growth stage companies because they don't have the capacity to do this them, themselves. But That's what I, I wanted to, to ask you about right there because you talk about that and you know we, we think about all of that data and it's just a bunch of noise in many cases within your yeah. CRM. So you know, what are some of the ways that you can make these metrics actionable? And, well, and, and yeah, so we talk noise. about context. Uh, I mean, actionability is key, Matt. You're right on point. Um, I mean, everyone's got some set of, uh, let's say they use Salesforce as a CRM, set, some set of Salesforce reports and dashboards. And if you look at the vast majority of these companies, if they even look at them, they're just numb to them, right? Because mm -hmm. they go, okay, what's this tell me, right? Nothing. Right. Um, and so we're big proponents of adding context. And mm -hmm. by that, I mean, let's think about some of the axes of content, context. Uh, time is the most obvious one. So how is a metric changing over time? Maybe it's um, period versus period 
comparison of data. It might just be a trend comparison of data. Mm -hmm. uh, another element of time is what we would call event triggered. So um, how is this metric changing over time in relationship to this event? The event might mm -hmm. be in relationship to the fact that we changed our website homepage, right? So you're, you're starting to create some context where you're not just looking at a metric, but you're looking at it with a bigger picture that might actually tell you something. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I often, um, uh, this is a little bit of a digression, so I apologize, but um, I often use cholesterol and I say LDL cholesterol, right? Which is bad cholesterol. Let's say you're handed something and your number is 60. What do you do? I'm 60, right? Yeah, and your doctor goes, well, what do I do? Now, uh, if you have the same uh, lab work that you did a year ago and it was 45, your doctor's going to sit with you and say, hey, this is getting worse. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so she or he is going to say, um, you probably ought to start thinking about a little bit more exercise or a little bit of diet, right? But now let's add a, another piece of context, which I'll call benchmark. And for your age, Matt, it says you should be between 25 and 40. Now mm. your doctor's going to panic yeah. because not only are you getting worse, but you're way outside of where you should be. So mm -hmm. she's going to actually prescribe a statin, right? So it's a very kind of um, layman's example of how context drives actionability. Um, mm. And the same thing applies to go-to-market data. So, so we have the context of time, uh, context of plan or model, right? Comparing actual performance relative to plan performance, uh, because that gives you a picture of, um, as a leadership team, okay, were our assumptions that we um, memorialized in our plan, were they just wrong? Mm. Or is there something we should try doing differently around this point? Uh, another context could be um, uh, what I call causality. Uh, uh, you think of it as root cause, right? Uh, if you look at a complete um, funnel process, you might have 30 related metrics and they're all going south. Well, you want to treat the one that is causing the rest of them to go For south. Sure. Uh, otherwise you're treating the symptom instead of the problem, right? Mm -hmm. So, so all of these things are ways to add context to data that allows, um, you know, the audience in our case, sales and marketing leadership teams to effectively separate the signal from the noise and see what's important and therefore mm -hmm. understand where they should focus their attention. Makes a ton of sense. I love this. And I think more people need to be thinking about this. If you think about software leaders, especially in those early days, early stages, what do you think are, are some of the biggest mistakes that you're seeing them making that are really causing their their growth to suffer? Uh, a couple things. Very early, um, because people don't want to spend much money, they think they're going to put up a website and all these people will start coming, uh, right? And they go, that's a lot cheap. You know, using SEO and content marketing is a lot cheaper than 
hiring SDRs and doing outbound prospecting or hiring full cycle salespeople and doing prospecting or something like that, or even paying for digital ads, right? Uh, and the problem is in the early stage, the absolute most important thing you have to do, this goes back to uh, intentional iteration, is get enough at bats that you can figure out how to position this stuff. Mm -hmm. And while SEO and content driven marketing is, uh, very efficient, it takes forever for oh, yeah. it actually to start generating anything. Yep. And so you end up losing all of this precious time when you're still burning capital on your R&D team and other overhead without getting enough at-bats to actually dial in your messaging, right? Because you, you, you have to get product market message fit to some reasonable level or right. nothing else will work. Mm -hmm. uh, right. I mean, there's no point hiring a bunch of salespeople and investing a whole lot of money into uh, marketing demand gen if you don't have product market message fit uh, to some extent. So so that's that's the first mistake I see is people aren't willing to spend the money up front to get um, enough at bats to really dial in their messaging. Mm -hmm. um, Makes sense. Second thing I'll see is a little later stage. Um, companies gotten up to a million or 2 million. Now they get a, they, you know, in revenue, they go raise a $10 million series a financing. And for whatever reason, the investors and the management team, the initial reaction is, okay, let's go hire a bunch of salespeople. And, and I would say almost 90% of the companies in this stage have too many salespeople. Yeah. Um, that, uh, you know, they say that they're expecting full cycle sales. So salespeople have to generate a fair amount of their own pipeline, but in any case, they're not investing in enough other top of funnel support for the sales team. So you'll mm -hmm. end up, you know, these guys go from having two salespeople to 12 in the period of, uh, eight or eight to 10 months. Nobody's on quota. Nobody's even close to it the great salespeople who can make a, a big amount of money wherever they go, get fed up and they leave. Then you're mm -hmm. left with kind of the, the middle of the road people. And it's, it's just, it, it's a cycle I've seen so many times over because typically when investors invest in series a, the primary thing they're investing in is scaling up the revenue team, right? The sales and mm -hmm. marketing team. Mm -hmm. But the old model of revenue driven by sales headcount, it, it just isn't legit anymore. I mean, it is in a um, complex enterprise focused business, right? Sure. Where you still, uh, Rolodex, a term from 20 years ago, when, yeah. you know, where you still <laughs> count on the big enterprise salesperson that has a, a, a nice Rolodex to go in and get you into these accounts, et cetera. Mm -hmm. But for anything other than that motion, the vast majority of the top of funnel is generated by marketing activities these days. And um, mm -hmm. people, people don't quite get that and, and don't quite allocate their resources that way is a mistake that we often see. Yeah, for sure. I see that a lot with my clients and people who are looking to be my clients as well. So I'm glad that you're bringing that up to light. In terms of your own growth at, at your company, Scale Matters, what were some of the best strategies you guys employed that really helped you scale, really helped you accelerate takeoff? 
Well, I'd say we're still in that process, right? I mean, we're 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 early stage ourselves. Um, you know, I, if you ask me two years from now, I, I hope what I will say is we were extraordinarily good at intentional iteration, right? Uh, and we model everything. Um, if we're going to, um, I mean, we're about to uh, actually. Uh, launch a new website. We capture that in our software as an event. We say we say up front, what are we expecting to happen as a result? Are we expecting our website conversion rate to go from, you know, 0.72% to point whatever it is, right? We, we kind of start with our hypothesis, capture that and measure against it. And that way, mm-hmm. you know, we aren't waiting three or four months because to, to get this gut feel of whether it's working or not, we know quicker, right? And, and that's that's really the point of this notion of conscious or intentional iteration is you actually get through the iterative process quicker, mostly because you catch the failures quicker, mm. um, right? And you're not dragging on with stuff that feels like it might be productive but i'm not really sure because we don't really have a way to measure it yada, yada, yeah yeah so so i mean that's what i hope to be behind the the ultimate success that we have i love that it's, it's definitely good so you know as we wrap up what advice would you have for other software founders who are just starting out what what should they be thinking about um Certainly in this day and age, uh, and and what that means is we've gone through a massive sea change in the last year, year and a half from um, what was valued as growth at all costs and now what is valued as efficient growth. And, and, Mm -hmm. And that's because the investor community is, you know, sort of clammed up, right? Because, because of fears of recession and all this other stuff. So I would say, um, Advice right now, if you're starting out, start with a mindset of efficiency. You mm-hmm. know, be clever, be creative, do not spend a lot of money, whatever money you can raise. Um, you know, be very, very protective of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of with this mindset of, of um, intentional iteration, fail fast, but do so because you're being very intentional about things, right? Because um, that's where so much capital gets burned is just holding on to things that aren't working particularly good because you don't really, you can't really tell what is working or what isn't, right? So mm-hmm. make sure you're in a position to know, to know what's working, what's not. Cut the stuff quickly that's not working. Um, other advice, I mean, the classic stuff of, you know, the founder doesn't scale very well. So make sure you've got at least a couple of other senior level people that can carry a, a fair amount of the, the load. Because um, it, It's it, surprising. It, I, 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 I see that one too. And I agree with that. It's surprising when you're in that moment of how much advancing you can get from bringing on somebody else who focuses on something and who could can take something off your plate and really accelerate that because 
they're going to take that and they're going to go that much bigger than you could have gone in your little short time that you spend on that every day or every week. And it allows you time now to focus on other things. So you allocate more of your effort there. So it, it, it's more than just, you know, the sum of each part. It, it's, it's like an exponential acceleration. It, it really is. And, and, you know, I've made the mistake of waiting too long. I mean, this is my fifth oh, company too. over the last 30 years. Um, <laughs> You know, but it, it just makes such a huge difference. And, and of course, part of the reason people are slow to do this is because it's bring the right people on often isn't very cheap, right? Mm-hmm, um, for sure. But, but it really does pay for itself over and over because it allows you to put your energies on the things where you're going to deliver the most value to. So, yeah, it's a big, big issue. I love it. Well, this has been great. I really appreciate you coming in and sharing all this, Scott. Uh, I want to make sure people can find you and Scale Matters. Where should they go? How should they find you? Uh, best thing is just to uh, pop to the website, uh, scalematters.com, S-C-A-L-E-M-A-T-T-E-R-S. Or uh, feel free to email me, scott at scalematters.com. Okay, perfect. And we'll put all that in the show notes as well. So if you're listening, you can go grab it right there. Scott, thank you so much for coming in and sharing all this. Matt, nice to be with you and I hope it's helpful. Absolutely. It was very helpful for me and I'm sure everybody else out there. And by the way, guys, thanks for listening. Really appreciate it. Make sure you're subscribed to the show so you don't miss out on any other amazing leaders and innovators like Scott. They're going to be coming in, sharing this every week. So subscribe to the show. That way you'll get all the good stuff. Thanks for coming and we will see you next time. Take care.